Just before we dive into today's show, I want to take a moment to say thank you to you, our listeners around the world. You know, when we first set out to create this platform for people to share their personal stories, we never really anticipated that we would have listeners from literally all over the globe. From, I mean, places like Fort McMurray, Alberta, to Singapore, to Berlin, Germany, Boston, Houston, Texas, London, Ontario, Montreal, Quebec, even Sharjah, United Arab Emirates, and of course, Lagos, Nigeria. And this is just to mention a few of the places. And guess what? We are just on episode one. And some of you have actually reached out to cheer us on and offer very kind words of encouragement. And for that, we are grateful. Our commitment to you is to continue to be authentic in our conversations and to bring on guests from diverse backgrounds that reflect our listener base. Thank you very much for your support. On today's episode, the concluding part of my conversation with Jorin, we talk about networking in Canada, some of the challenges he faced and how he overcame them, and we finish off with some tips that some of you might find very useful. So, let's dive in. Let's take it forward to, you know, something you mentioned, you know, as you, as you spoke, you said that job hunting in the Canadian context that you, you know, you didn't learn how to do it at that time. And you, you say you probably still need to learn, you know, how to do it even now. So um, what do you mean by that? What, what do you mean by job hunting in the Canadian context? Because I'm sure some of our listeners will be um, listening now and say, oh, so there's a way to do job hunting in Canada. That's interesting. Uh, could you, could you throw, throw some light on, on what you mean by that? No, I think, I think uh, to be successful in job hunting, it is first about how you sell yourself. You are selling something, right? Which is yourself, and second, about your network networking skill, because that that's what's gonna en- enhance your resume or bring your resume on top of the pile. And that's not something I'm good at. Uh, I'm still learning how to be good at networking, um, but you can learn how to do it. Mm. And if you put more time into it, the better you get at it. Uh, same thing for how to craft your resume or how to sell yourself. The more you, you spend time on it, mm. uh, the better it is, the better resume you have. Like, don't think that you have to do one or two edits to your resume and off you go. Be prepared to revise your resume 100 times, 200 times. That is true. Work on your resume every day and every day you will find some way to make it better. Like, just a different way of saying the same phrase uh, with some keyword that's going to help you out. You just have to work on it every day, just like any skill, right? So mm. it's a trial and error process, I would say. And you have to go through a lot of trial to find the best way to highlight your skills and highlight what you bring to the company. Mm. And uh, 
you might go through a lot of uh, disappointment, but it, it is fun. Like every disappointment you go through, the better your resume is getting. That's how I see it. Because you know, oh, this didn't work. So I need to change something, obviously. So you are learning something during each experience, right? Uh, each disappointment or each submission you made and didn't work. And sometimes you don't change anything and it works. And, and perhaps it's because the, the job description really match your profile this time, right? Or because you network to get yourself that nudge you need in the application process from the HR, right? So it's not a it's not an exact science. Uh, so don't be frustrated or disappointed if, if you run into a lot of failure. Just keep at it. Just keep at it. Yeah. That's the mindset. You know, you know, that's the mindset I actually find that most immigrants have in common. And that's that mindset of resilience. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many times you try keep trying, mm -hmm. keep fine-tuning, keep working at it yeah. because every disappointment gets you better, makes you better, and then you keep changing yeah. the things that didn't work till yeah. things begin to work. Exactly. So I see you have that mindset as well. But you mentioned something very critical. I think a lot of people here networking, you know, that's something people hear a lot in Canada, networking, 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 yeah. and people are like, huh, what is networking? Do I have to start cold calling people? So it sounds like you think that's a very critical part of job hunting in Canada, your ability to network, your ability to, to reach out to people and, you know, build meaningful relationships. And you say you're still learning, you're still trying to get better at it. So yeah. how would you say you're trying to improve? What sort of, you know, very practical steps uh, do you think uh, our listeners can take, you know, as they try to improve their networking skills within the Canadian context? One thing is to be aware of uh, what is going on in Canada, right? Both politically, socially, and economically. Mm. And uh, being able to sustain a discussion around those issues, right? It's like if you live in Calgary, you have to be able to talk about what is going on in the oil sector, whether you are working in the oil industry or not you have to be able to talk about it, mm. right? And let's say, um, I mean, depending on the, the profession you're trying to embrace, find out which trends or which topics people are talking about in your sector these days and try to be versed into, into those trends as much as you can. Of course, you, you can be an expert in everything, but um, have your own opinion, you know. <laughs> uh, build your own opinion around those topics. And, uh, and when, when you reach out to someone that you want to have a, talk, a chat with, typically what, what I do is um, now we have LinkedIn, which is really helpful. <laughs> you can find out about anybody now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so well, when you reach out, uh, the first thing they will see is whether you whether you have an interest in profile and whether they want to spend the time to talk to you, right? Um, so ha have your LinkedIn profile in good shape and reach out, reach out to people that you think you have some common point or interest 
wave and uh, some will reply, some won't reply, but it, it, it is fine. Uh, for those who reply, then you can engage the discussion with them, right? Mm. Now, not everybody will reply and that, that is perfectly normal. I think when, when you start networking, that, that is uh, one hurdle you have to go through, right? Like, why are net, uh, why why is nobody replying, <laughs> responding <laughs> to your outreach, right? Yeah, so you kind of feel rejected, but it's fine. People are busy. People have their own life, and you are not the center of the universe. <laughs> so <laughs> just 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 chill out, you know. <laughs> and w- once you are okay with that that part, yeah, you know, um, there is one saying like. Uh, you know, you know me, I, I like to watch sport, right? Like every team in the league end up winning at least one game, right? Mm. So every time you lose a game, that means you have a better chance at winning the next game. So look, look at it that way. You are playing a league where you are reaching out, which is the game here, and you are losing out the game, but you will get that one win where the, the person you reach out to will want to speak to you. And, and maybe the conversation won't go very well, but Again, you put yourself out there and you just try. And maybe this conversation was not great. That means the next conversation is going to be better because you know what you've done bad in the first one. Mm. And uh, you are constantly striving to improve, right? So you can get better at something that you don't try. So Wisdom. just try it. Yeah, just just keep trying. And, and you will meet people that will give you great advice. And uh, and sometimes you reach out to people on LinkedIn, and sometimes they, they don't even talk to you, but they say, "Okay, I'm I'm gonna put the reference in for you," without even the discussion. That's the best thing that can happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it is it is a trial and error process, and uh, you, you have to get comfortable with it and. The sooner you get comfortable with it, the better the better it is. And yeah, so Oh, no, that's that is that is wisdom right there. Thanks for sharing that. You know, thinking of uh, and talking about getting better and doing your best. So you worked for a few years and then you decided to go get a business degree, right? So you went back to business school. What was the motivation behind, you know, leaving your job for a year, taking time off, going back to business school to get an MBA? So I've always wanted to have a master. Okay, so my dad has a PhD. So I think the the, the minimum I can do is at least get to a master. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no pressure, no pressure though. No pressure, yes. <laughs> yeah, but then uh, I couldn't do the master earlier than I wanted because I had the responsibility, I had two of my sisters that was helping, I was helping them going through schools. I had my wife, she was going through school as well. So I, I had to wait that everybody finished before I kind of think of myself and say, okay, yeah, maybe I, now I can, I can go and, and, do, and do the master. And uh, I, I stayed in, in, in the workforce for, for like about, what, 15 years. So at that time I couldn't, I think the MBA was kind of the most logical one because I didn't see myself going back and doing hard science master where you go into your research and 
start doing hard research and hard science research. So the MBA was uh, was kind of the logical one. And I was getting to a, a point in my career where I was moving more from a role where you are in the weeds of doing things to where you have to start thinking about leading people and uh, making business decisions. I was more aware of how I was impacting uh, the organization I was working for, top-line revenue. Uh, so I was curious about the business side of the thing, so I went for an MBA. Mm. And that was a good time, too, to take a break from work because I was to a point where I was I wanted to take a year off, basically, from working. Mm. Uh, because one bad habit I have is I don't take vacation very often, as I, everybody should do. <laughs> <laughs> So I wanted to take a year off, but uh, I wanted to put that year to good use, uh, study, travel, uh, go back home, and uh, and then see what next. So for me, that, that was basically what the MBA meant for me, yeah, to take a year off working, learn something useful that I could use later on, mm. uh, travel a bit, and uh, go back home and visit family. And uh, yeah, and although the MBA was in one year, I was able to do all of that. So that's, that's good. Mm. Well, that that makes a lot of sense. You know, after putting over 15 years, I'm sure at some point, every one of us at some point just wants to take a break and, and just rest. And then you, you found a good use for it. Yeah. And I know during the program, you traveled to Southeast Asia. So you went to uh, Thailand and India and all those places. And yeah, and you also took a study, uh, study trip, right? You you uh, exchange. Yeah. You were an exchange student in Cape Town, and yeah. um, and, and I'm sure um, it felt like going back home, right? Even yes. though it's a bit different from from West Africa a bit, but it's, it's still in the continent of Africa. Yes, and um, yeah, and then you decide to you decide to 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 come back. Yeah. Of course, this is home for you now. Your wife lives here, and yeah. they decide to come back to. To Canada. So mm -hmm. what would you say your experience has been since you moved back to the workforce after your business education? Do you, do you think that um, your MBA is helping you, you know, make those strategic decisions you wanted to, you wanted to be able to make to, which was the reason you decided to get the degree in the first place? Do you think it's, it's actually pushing you forward in terms of uh, your career? Um, it, it, yes, it, it's helping, uh, not at the pace I wanted, but it is, it is helping. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but again, it comes back to the resilience that you built as an immigrant, right? Because you always know that you might not have things the time when you want them, but if you keep working at it, it will eventually yield the result. And, um, and, and you want to be ready for the, when the moment, mm. the, when the, the opportunity come, right? And, mm. and I feel, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm at a good position, uh, right now I'm, I'm business development, which I could have been in that role without the MBA. I don't know, but it, it is a long journey. And, uh, I mean, the, the story is not over yet, so. We'll see. Mm, <laughs> a absolutely. couple of years, yeah. Absolutely. So what I hear is that you have to always be thinking of what the next move is. Oh yeah. As an immigrant, you know nothing nothing is handed to you no. on a platter of gold. You no. have to be strategic in your decisions. Yeah. You have to think ahead and 
prepare yourself so that when opportunities come your way, you are able to grab those opportunities. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's that's exactly what you what you're alluding to. Yeah, yeah. You you have, I think throughout my my experience, one thing I learned is direction trumps speed, right? Mm. As long as you have a clear direction, the speed or the pace doesn't matter because you have a clear strategy, you know where you're going. And just just don't don't worry too much because it's not going as fast as you want to. But as long as you have a clear direction, you, I think you're in a good place. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing, figuring out what you want to do and where you want to go, right? And then the rest is uh, the, if you want if you want to get there faster, then yeah, then that's where it, the the degree you have maybe will help out. Uh, your networking skill can help out. Your own character can help out. The economic environment can help out. So the speed, there is a lot of things that that affect the speed that you don't control sometimes. Mm. But the best thing you can do for yourself is figuring out, figuring out the direction. So direction always trumps the speed that you want. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is profound. You know, yeah, it's it's a great way to put it. Figure out the direction. Yeah. It always trumps the speed. It might be slow, yeah. but you will, yeah, you will eventually will, get there. there eventually. Yeah. yeah. Wow. No, that's, uh, that's very valuable. So we'll gradually get into the end of this conversation. But um, there are a few questions that I think um, will be really important. And, and one has to do with challenges. Mm-hmm. that you've faced as an immigrant in, in a new country. So, um, I mean, it, this this conversation won't, won't be complete without me, you know, asking you what challenges that you have faced as an immigrant in Canada. I tend to not see things as challenge, but an opportunity. But anyway, uh, I think one of the challenge I, I saw early on was the language barrier. I knew that if I wanted to... Um, to, to advance in my career, I need to be bilingual, I need to learn the English, uh, need to be versed in English as well as French. Uh, so I found a way to go over that challenge. Mm. <laughs> and the second challenge, uh, so that, that's it. Mm. The first one is the linguistic barrier, which could be different for, at a different level for, for everybody, right? Sure. Uh, the second one, the second challenge would be to uh, kind of feel feel at home, you know. And how, how do you feel at home in a place where you were not born, or where you didn't grow uh, grow up in, or where you don't have family or close family? By like, I, I live here with just me and my wife, mm. and uh, so that's kind of the extent of the family here. <laughs> so, so the, the the challenge really become okay. How do you embrace? Are, are you prepared to really embrace the new culture, the new society that you move into? Probably we can put that as number one, <laughs> mm. because I think the linguistic challenge challenge also affect that as well. Uh, so I think it, it is to build build yourself, get to a point where 
you can call this place home, you know? The, the answer is different for everybody. Like, uh, is it about having a, your own house? Is it about having a good job? Uh, is it about your social network? So I guess it, it comes down to the integration challenge, I guess. Yeah, I think the integration challenge is the main one. Okay. And, you, uh, and many, many things affect that one main challenge. Yeah. Oh, wow. I think integration is a big one. Integration is a huge one. Yeah. Because growing up in a different country, I mean, it's not just Africa. It doesn't matter where you grow up in. If you yeah. move to, to somewhere new, things are done differently. The way people even say hello, right, is different. Yeah. So being able to figure out how things operate in the new, in the new place, I think it's a huge, huge part yeah. of people coming in and settling in. So, no, absolutely, I think integration is a big one. Yeah. It's a big one. And of course, language. If the primary language is not the language you speak in your home country, coming in, it will be a challenge to you know learn the local language. But I mean, good thing Canada is, is bilingual, right? So yeah. if you live in Quebec, then you're fine with just French. But I, I guess you wanted to move out of Quebec and explore the rest of Canada, right? So you knew that picking up the English language is, is something you had to do. Yeah. yeah, so that means work, work, work. That's what I hear. You have to work at it. You have to work. You have to be willing to fail. It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to be upset. It's okay for Nori to work the first time. And basically, you, you don't have a choice. And it, it is good to not have a choice because you have to make it work. Mm. So, so that's one advantage immigrants have. Right, so because you know you you have to find a way to make it work, uh, yeah. Because this is it. So this is the direction you picked, and you committed to it. So you have to make it work. If you you move to a new country when you are younger, it helps. To a certain extent, you are still na naive, right? Because you you are just enjoying enjoying the the new place you move into. You are learning new things. There is a change in your life, and you sail on the vibe and all the positive thing that is happening to you mm. uh, at the younger age, right? For me, that was a big part of it because I came in I came here very young, and I, I thought everything was possible. So I'm like, yeah. Just bring it. I'm gonna. We will get it done. <laughs> but when you are older, when you are older and you move to a place like this, they, it is different because you know you have responsibility. You probably have kids or wife that you have to take care of. So it is not the same journey, right? It is the challenge are different. What you are worried about, you are worried about every day or every night is different. Whereas for someone who is young. He doesn't need to worry about any of that. That's true. It is easier to figure out the direction. Whereas when you come in at an older age, there is less room for error. You know, yep. there is less room for error. And so the stakes are higher. So it could be crippling, but you have to put yourself in a mindset where, okay, I, I'm, I can figure it out. Mm. That is true for sure. So timing is a big part of it yeah. as well. How quickly you integrate. Yeah, timing, timing mm. is, is, is a huge part of it. And yeah. as, as human beings, as we get older, we get set in our ways, right? Yeah. Uh, at that point, it's difficult to change um, the way we operate. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is difficult. Yeah. And I don't know what my story would have been if I was moving to Canada, at, let's say, at, like now, at my age now, or like a year or two before, 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm lucky in that sense that my parents had that vision back then and, and I embraced that vision and they made it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Okay. If you're to describe your experience so far as an immigrant in, say, two sentences, right, what, what would you say? It has been a positive experience all in all. Like, um, I don't think I can complain in my situation. I'm grateful to have what I have, grateful to have met people along the way to kind of guide me and grateful to have made the right decision when I had to make a decision. So the final question for you will be for those who are thinking about embarking on this journey right now. You know, they're wherever they are listening to you and I talk and they're thinking, mm-hmm. they're thinking about moving to a new country. What would you say to them? I think uh, I would say it is a good experience for a human being to go through. You, you learn a lot about yourself. Uh, you build very good character along the way. But understand that you are doing that at the price, <laughs> uh, which for me was spending all these years away from mom and dad and sisters and cousins. So, yeah, so it is good. Good If you want to do it, do it. Uh, but there, there, there is a price to pay for it. So just, just be aware of that price and what, what that price means for you, right? Mm. Mm. And and accept it, mm. you know. You can't you can't embark on the journey and think and start thinking, what if, what if, what if, what if? It's all in, you know. It's all in. You, you take it and you 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 go all in. Yeah, <laughs> amazing, Jorin. Thank you very much for for being on the show today. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time to share your experience with with us and our listeners. We hope to have you back on this show sometime in the future. Thank you. Thanks thanks for giving me the forum to to share my experience. It's it's the first time I did this, so (laughs) yeah, hopefully people can take take something from it. And uh, yeah, I would be happy to come back later on. Absolutely. And that concludes my conversation with Joanne. I hope you found it insightful and engaging. Please check back next week for more on the Immigrant Story Podcast. I am your host, Stanley Opar. Stay safe. <laughs>